1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective.
2: Connecting changes everything. ATT.
1: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day.
3: That it does, and I hope you're doing well. We are back at it again, the latest chapters of the apocalypse, the fifth hour with Ben Maller and David Gaston, unfortunately, because four hours are not enough, eight days a week. We are here for you as we are in that air everywhere. You can hear us, obviously, wherever you found the podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, and we are available Wherever you choose to get your podcast, then we welcome in. I mentioned his name there, and here he is right now. Make way for David Gascon, known as Gagon, in the building. Hello. (laughs) Gascon, can sound effect.
4: It's uh, a little bit of levity to a a tense conversation. I was. I was thinking about you the other night after a tweet you sent out. Um,
3: Uh-oh, what did I send out? I, I got to be very careful.
4: It, it was something around Sin City, and I had this uh, i had this thought in my mind, and um, it was that. It was
3: that uh, sound yeah. right
4: there, dude. It, I it, like
3: the sound of it. I it, like the sound of it.
4: If, if you can recognize that sound, that is obviously from your infamous to some and famous to most, Betty versus the Penny bit and uh with sin city and vegas opening up uh i just i would love for for sports to come back right now in the worst kind of way
3: ah you know it's uh, it's wild i I would like to play the uh, speculation game and uh, there's no need for us people like us to go to vegas because we were game we're sports gamblers and well you play the tables a lot too i'm mostly a sports gambler and uh the uh, casinos, even though they're open, uh, you know some of the people were complaining and bitching that uh, you know they got to wear masks and they got plexiglass everywhere. There's no buffets. There's like weird uh, sinks that they put instead of slot machines. They put like sinks so people can wash their hands. It's like uh, you, you wonder what army of lawyers went through there <laughs> and said, "All right, here to limit our liability." You put a washing uh, you put a sink over here and then down there you put some hand sanitizer and then, I mean just down,
4: endless it's good
3: it's yeah, good Yeah But it, it was nice I mean that's see that, that's a sign it's a very small sign but you look for small victories Yeah that, that things are starting to uh, come back and the, the great news is you know we we had many conversations people got very upset with us Gascon, on this podcast because we had two doctors on about the the coronavirus uh, one of them, Dr. G, who was a, a fan of the podcast. And not that he downplayed it, but he said it was uh, embellished by the media. I think he—I don't know if he used exactly that word or paraphrasing. Yeah, and, um, and people got very upset. Some people got very upset. They were triggered. How dare you? You're talking with uh, conservative talking points. But it seems like everyone's in agreement now because there's protesting everywhere. There's millions of people out on the streets of America. So that would lead me to believe that. They think we're right, that uh, this is no big deal, and they're they're fine going it, out and hanging out, it, wearing it, a mask and uh, not social distancing, and it's all good.
4: Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Dr. G would have come to us with a fake name had he not been worried about any kind of personal or professional ramifications.
3: Yes. Yeah, and- so yeah, I think that would be fair to say you know, that, that he would be concerned about someone tracking him down and uh, uh, questioning his integrity. The, yeah. Hippocratic oath or whatever—I don't know—I don't know how you violated any of that, but that, yeah, you know, that is typical of the times that we're in right
4: now. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, so yeah. you've you've looked at the uptick of, of possible gambling, and um, I was yep. exchanging some some pleasantries online through the, through the power of the bluebird and Twitter with uh, with a couple of fans of your show. Um, we were well, talking about stay
3: away from my people. How dare you.
4: Well, we were talking about the the different gambling aspect, the one that's uh, the stock market. So. Um, that
3: is legalized gambling in every state across the country with very few regulations. And I don't think there's an age limit. There's no age limit on buying stock, is there? No. Do you have to be of a certain age? I don't think there is. No.
4: Well, I can imagine with, with bank accounts, you're going to have...
3: Well, yeah, but if you're, you have a bank account, some people get bank accounts pretty young, huh? don't yeah, they? Absolutely.
4: Huh? Um, but yeah, we're talking about that and the way the market is right now. There's been a steady, slow but steady uptick in, in certain portfolios and certain stocks like you're looking at google and facebook and amazon like the the power five boeing is one of them Um, yeah so there's there's been a a nice steady increase on is this
3: your way of patting yourself on the back and saying that you invested i remember you were investing in the stock market when it was going doing the limbo and seeing how low it could go and you (sighs) At that time, thought that that would be something to invest.
4: Well, you have a retirement. I have a retirement. The the masses that listen to your show and podcast have retirements.
3: I don't really have a retirement, to be honest with you. I don't. I mean, I work in. I don't. You know, we don't have any retirement plan at work. Uh, Yeah, we do. and uh no, no, no not really, well it's uh, not
4: like a pension plan, but yeah,
3: not a pension like I, I have uh I had a couple of guys I used to work with in radio, and they had other jobs and they have pensions yeah. and uh, in fact, I talked to a friend of mine the other day. Who well, I've known him for years, and we we're talking about things, and he, he's really upset with his job, and he's still working, and he's like, "I'm just going to quit." You know, I got three pensions; I'll just live off that. And I'm like, "Really? You can do that?" I said, How, "What's that like? How's that work?" And he's like, walking me through the steps, and I'm like, oh, "Wow, wow." I
0: wonder
3: what that's like because I don't think I'll uh, ever be able to experience that. So yeah. let me know what what that uh, that's that deal is. So.
4: I, I feel. I, I feel a little on edge because it seems like from the inception of this podcast to where we're at now, everything that we've kind of, like, questioned or talked about or, like, inquired about has almost come to fruition. Like, hey, Benny, have you ever had a major surgery? Bang, you go going the hospital and, you know, so on and so forth. But you've also had fans that have emailed you and said, hey, if you weren't working in sports talk radio, what would you be doing?
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: And now I think about it, I'm like – <laughs> fuck, man, we've had no sports. There's an idea that the NBA is coming back in the NHL, but Major League Baseball is still kicking the can down the road. But, yeah, man, like...
3: Yeah, and even when they come back, we're, we're looking at mid to late July. Awful. Which is still almost two months away when, you know, we're in early June here, and so you're still two months away. I mean, that's the worst. We're looking at uh, just uh, more extended uh, time without games of note. We will not have games of <laughs> note for some time, unfortunately. I know Eddie's disappointed about that. This has not been a good, fun week for any of us. Yeah, uh, in you know, life, uh, having to uh, you know go through the emotions and uh, all the the things that are going on in the world. But uh, in fact, w- coming up on the podcast, now, I think we should start with that.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app. What's up? I'm John Wall.
2: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top
1: of it, like that, see that.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears. <laughs> crying, tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. There,
0: he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember you
3: know? what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because didn't need it. Ain't <laughs> <Nick?"> <laughs>
1: or download the app today.
3: High wire act without a net, the verbal gymnastics uh, of our jobs. And then we also have the knife knife fight. Get to that. Knife fight. And we have Florida Man. Is there anything else we could do? Yeah, here? I, I, I have you a know.
4: confession for you. I
3: don't know. Oh, if- you have a, a confessional? Yeah. Oh, I love, I used to do that bit, confessional.
4: <laughs> Did you really?
3: Yeah. And then I had, much like, well, I, Bob Guerra was not my producer at that time, but Bob Guerra, who ruined which lap will Danica Patrick reckon because he was convinced that she was going to die in a race and then we would be blamed for it because we picked the lap that she was going to crash in. So we had to cancel that bit. Oh. Um, but I used to do a confessional. And the, the way the bit worked is that listeners would call up and say, uh, you know, so and so. This is years ago. I mean, this is long, long early days of Fox Sports Radio on the weekend, like in the middle of the night on the weekend, mm-hmm. like uh, Sunday morning, and be like, all right, what do you want to confess to? What do you want to confess? Of course, and people would confess to, you know, stealing extra food or, you know, s- sleeping with the secretary or things like that. But then somebody's like, oh, wh- what if they call up and say they confess to murder? I like, oh. <laughs> okay. always got to ruin it. You know, you always got to ruin any fucking thing I. Come up with, of course, you got to ruin it. Yeah. And then the other thing I used to do is the apology line. I would do the apology line where I'd have people call up and and complain about their jobs or, you know, their wives or they don't have any money or the government. And then I would apologize say, with my fault. Mm. And I was thinking about bringing that bit back, but then I don't know. I think it, uh, I don't know. Everyone's triggered by everything these days. You yeah. You, 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 I, you, you, I don't know Rob- I can do that. They'd be agitated by you, it. It's, uh, it's crazy.
4: It, and that makes me think with the way that we're the way that life is right now. And, and we know with Drew Brees walking back his statements earlier in the week, what happens if someone says, Ben, you need to cut NFL book em.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we've already done it for this year, so we won't be doing it again until next year. But yeah, people were, uh, were busting Coop's balls on that too. How could you uh, Man. you be part of that? And, wow! Uh, but yeah, this people are maddened about everything, and you know it's that old phrase we used several years ago. And I use that everyone's offended by everything these days. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I really believe the mantra though. Just because somebody says they are offended by something does not by itself qualify something as offensive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. If that's the case, then, you know, I find you offensive. You know what I mean? I mean, you want to play that game.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, And the other thing is that the, the problem I have with the always offended mob is this. If you're offended by everything, then... Cheapens what really needs to be offensive. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the real stuff that needs to be offensive. Right. You delete it. If you're offended by someone who doesn't like standing for the national anthem, or a broadcaster who doesn't say the right phrase for the Sacramento Kings, it, what ends up happening is it's it's a case where that stuff's in the big picture insignificant. And you lose the message in the method. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand? Am I, am I wrong on that? I don't no. think I'm wrong on that. I think that's the. It, it's it's kind of like the the way some people accuse you of certain things. Everyone's guilty of this, that, and the other thing. And uh, and if you do it for everyone, there are people who do terrible things and are bad actors and need to be called to the carpet. But it seems like now the the way this works is it's just everybody is. Yeah, just it's unload on all of the uh, the people out there. So. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, but it's it's been a while. I've been texting my radio friends around the country that I've met over the years. Some of them I haven't even met. We're just text friends, and we were all like, "Wow, this is we all needed a drink. We needed a hard like whiskey, uh, scotch, <laughs> bourbon. You know, it's been just that kind of a uh, a week. Give us some tornado juice here. We all want to be high, baked, and wasted yeah. uh, after what's been going on here with these uh, you know, having to 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 juggle. It's like You you it's an odd situation because the the word police are always out to get you. And -hmm. it's an awkward situation here because when you're paid to make your your living talking and talking about issues. And I I, I guess the easy way would be not to even bring these things up and just and there are some sports radio guys that don't even talk about these things. But I mean, that's not how I uh, how I've chosen to do it.
4: Well, yeah, because you run a show though. It's different. Like you run an actual like entertainment show where like if we took you and Coop and Roberto or or you know and, and Eddie previous board ops or previous producers or anchors, like you could take that show and put it into any kind of radio platform like a like a morning zoo show or a midday show for any kind of you know atmosphere it would be applicable like you can convert your sports talk to news talk to pop talk to entertainment yep. talk like those things are kind of are always evolving and it's all i think circular Whereas,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would say, yeah. There's some sports radio guys that are just the meat and potatoes, X's and O's, and that's it. And there's not as many of those guys left. They're a dying breed. The Francesa type, the Mike Francesa type, that just do A, B, and C, one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, What do you think of the Yankees? Uh, Here's the Yankees lineup. And I, I I used to love when I worked in uh, Connecticut briefly, and I'd fly back to uh to do the show the tv stuff and and they i flew into like jfk and i had to drive up to stanford connecticut and they had a car there but they'd have Frances on and it was just blew me away this was like at that time the most listened to radio show in new york city <laughs> right and he would be reading the yankee lineup yeah. at a time like the four o'clock hour he would be reading the yankee lineup and uh, here's the Yankee lineup tonight, and uh, Bernie's leading off. And uh, it's like, but it was just like, who wants that? Uh, but, but people they ate it up. It was it was wild. Oh, man. I was like, I guess I didn't grow up with Francesa, and I didn't I didn't understand. But uh, it's just it's crazy. But this has uh, it has given me confidence, Gascon. You know, I've been typecast as sports radio guy. Yeah. And goofy overnight sports radio guy, because I've been doing this a long time. But yeah, I think if I had to cross over to a different genre, if they said, you know what, on second thought, no more sports. Because people in sports are bad people. And we can't have sports. And so uh, we're just going to get rid of it. I, I, I feel relatively confident I could go find some other format of radio. And probably not being a disc jockey.
4: But yeah, you're like. a little bit too old for that, I, I think. Um, but you also what are you can, saying, Jessica? Well, oh, I just think that that age group would not respond to you like the age group responds to you here on a on a sports well, and news. I can
3: relate to the every man. No, Come on, I'm uh, I'm, trying, I'm the working class sports. You're west of the 405, yeah. but I relate to the unwashed. Yeah. I relate to the grimy, grungy, the unkempt. Those are my people.
4: Well, you know, until you drive through a a protest here in Los Angeles, you're not really class. Classified as the working type since since I do
0: that. So be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. What's up? I'm John Wall,
2: and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court One-on-One Tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off?
3: Hey, I have li- <laughs> I lived through the LA riots 92. in the 92, and I was had a front row seat at a Laker riot after they won the championship against, I think it was Indiana in 2000. We were broadcasting from the epicenter. It literally, the riot started in front of where we were broadcasting our remote show from. Oh, fuck. And we did riot radio coverage. That's good. In fact, that was such a shit show that night in LA that the riot police who were out trying to disperse uh, the, the, the mob, disperse the mob, rather, and <laughs> it was the funniest thing because we had, we had a glass windows looking out to the street right there on... Um, L.A. Live wasn't even there at that time. Right, It was just like a parking lot, but there was um, that street... Well, I forget what it's called now, but... Anyway, so we were doing the show, and we had a glass view, and there was people like running around. They started a bonfire in the in the fucking street, and then they were running around like some kind of Native American Indian ritual, the fire, and uh, but there was like there were cops that tried to clear them out, and then they, of course the people moved around the city and started. Trash and shit. And, uh, but the, the, one of the, the cops, so the LAPD guys came over and knocked on the door and were like, oh, fuck. Are we, are we going to get taken off the air? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I still, it's one of the, it's weird what you remember. I remember the cop, at, he knocked on the door, which was very polite. He didn't like break the door down. And he asked if we had a bathroom because he had to take a whiz. <laughs> so he came in there in full military riot gear yeah. with his guns and all that shit. And then he walked over to, uh, use our our restroom to take a piss, and then uh, it was it was just it was just, I, uh, just the the, vi- the vision of that I thought was really funny. And then I remember walking to my car after the uh, the night had ended, and we stayed late because it, we didn't think it was particularly safe. Mm-hmm. First of all, we didn't know if our cars were going to be there because we had heard they destroyed a bunch of cars and shit. And uh, this is this mind you, this is not after some kind of you know, civil situation. It's just the Lakers winning. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyway, we, I walked to my car at a long walk and I walked by a burned out LAPD uh, cruiser that they had destroyed and a Channel 2 in L.A. CBS news van that had been torched. Wow. Uh, also. So I still remember the smell. The smell of that is uh, something that you don't forget. But anyway.
4: Man, so you, you've lived through a pandemic so far, a riot, and now a second one that's in progress.
3: Yes, and we are in the second chapter of the apocalypse, and we were trying to figure out the advanced script on this. Now, what's next? We've had the pandemic. We need a natural, everything's,
4: nat- natural disaster.
3: Everything shut down. So now, na- so like big earthquake, we all get swallowed up, yeah. or like um, category twelve hurricane yeah. hits the uh, United States, or something like that. Yeah. Or, or how about this one? If you want to play the, uh, the, the the wager, what's going to come next? How about we've got two other options here. I've got asteroid comes pummeling down and destroys all of humanity. Mm. I've got nukes inbound on your phone. Remember when Hawaii thought yes. they were getting hit by nuclear weapons, and that who knew that we would all find out we're being nuked by a message saying "inbound nuclear weapons"? Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh. Get shelter. Oh, um, that was eye-opening. So, uh, which of these do you want to take a bet on this? guess. I guess if, if we're all dead, it won't matter because we won't be able to pay off the bets. But <laughs> what's the next uh, chapter in the apocalypse movie that we're living through here? I'm I... Trying to figure that. I think anything if we, else. I, there, I, how, it could be. How about the return of the bubonic plague, a second plague? How about that?
4: That's pretty good too. Uh, I mean, because the coronavirus has had multiple strands, it, it could be another strand of the coronavirus. I, yeah. I certainly think that's possible. Sure. Um, so we'll have we, to oh, shelter you know in place again. Here's stay another one. at home orders. Here's another one. You might get some people triggered by this one though. The rapture.
3: All the raps are biblical. Yeah. Full biblical and, uh, yeah. Could happen, you know. Wouldn't that be, uh, that'd be a shocker?
4: Yeah. That
0: would be it, uh, man.
4: I would yeah. be genuflecting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. What's up? I'm John Wall.
2: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
5: So I gotta
4: pay. I gotta pay off my confession to you.
3: Oh, that's right. It's time now to open the Mallard Confessional. <laughs> Stepping in west of the four hundred five. Here, he has a confession to make. So step into the confessional booth. I'm gonna now give you true serum. And there, there is truth in wine. So have some wine. That is true sir, of course. And uh, to explain to me your misbehavior, your misconduct, please. I would like to know.
4: So bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been about <laughs> six months since my last confession. My sins are um, I hijacked the fifth hour with Ben Maller. So coming up on the heels of this episode, I actually did a one-on-one interview with a fighter from the UFC. Really? Yes. Yes.
3: Oh. Oh, so interesting. I've, I've wow i've,
4: I've taken that uh, away so you, I, I, you t- I've,
3: I did not get to participate in this you did not allow me to participate correct
4: so yeah. i i kind of okay. did uh what i'm trying to do is trying to force myself onto the same podium as jonas knox who somehow got a benny uh for best so. <laughs> yes
3: yes he did receive a benny <laughs> so, although i i hear he's been trying to poach my uh my callers there uh, the uh, guy in arkansas uh, Tracy said, hey, uh, Jonas was trying to you know, get me to call his show and all this stuff. So I, I changed his name from Jonas to Judas. Oh, so, man, uh, that's uh, good. Uh, but uh, no, I love Jonas and he's doing his thing over there. So, uh, all right. So I think the way this works now that you're in confession, you have to say a culpa, right? Isn't yeah. that what you say? That's Well, I asked, for,
4: I asked for a penance. I asked yeah. you for, for a penance uh, assignment. So.
3: Well, I won't have to listen to your dumb podcast with the UFC <laughs> person. So what, what? who the fuck? What, I don't care. Do you think uh, how, how, here's the here's the great test. And this is going to be a test. Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you right now if th- this does well, we will do more of those type of things like with UFC. I'm not a big UFC person. I, I would have talked to this what a woman, right? I think I would have talked to her whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just a conversation. I don't think it's going to do that well. Okay. Do you think it'll do better or worse than Hacksaw?
4: Oh, well no, you can't do you can't <laughs> You can't set the barometer. at No, no,
3: because Hacksaw was my idea. Your idea is this UFC person. That's your idea. But to be fair,
4: Hacksaw, the interview with Hacksaw was your highest rated download for any platform that you're on, radio or for for the podcast.
3: Because of me, it's because people miss Hacksaw. They're going down memory lane, as Hacksaw would say, and they love hearing stories about the old days in radio.
4: How about this? If it exceeds Lenny Dykstra.
3: Okay, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. All right, there you go. And if it beats Lenny, then we're good.
4: Yes, and okay. and part of the reason I say that is because she's a contemporary. Uh, she's a firecracker, just like Lenny Dykstra. A lot of color to her, and she's got some good, good stuff. So, um, so yeah,
3: yeah. All right, well, uh, well, it's just to. to as far as the uh, verbal gymnastics, just to f- kind of put the uh, the wrap-up on that, the, the, one of the things that I have learned the last couple of weeks is just it's reinforced my belief. There's a statement we've made, I've made for years, uh, from the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yes. That when the legend becomes the fact, you print the legend. And it's it's so true here that you know people reacting to certain things that may or may not be true, it doesn't really matter whether they're true or not. And if the facts don't back these things up, because the Tinkerbell effect takes over and it, the Tinker, if you don't know what the Tinkerbell effect, which is a version, it's, it's another way of saying the man, you know, the, the uh, when the legend becomes the fact print the legend, the Tinkerbell effect is similar. If enough people believe hard enough that fairies exist, they do, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's that mindset. That a lot of people have. So I, and, and it's with everything, whether it's a sports issue, a political issue, all of this stuff. Uh, even if you present facts that would. Go against that. That would just reinforce people's beliefs on whatever issue you're talking about. Yeah, I, so
4: I, I think there's a lost art to this, though, because like you as a talk show host are a little bit different in your dynamic because you are talking for two, three, four hours at four a, hours
3: a night, yeah. five days a week, three hours on the weekend. Thank you very much.
4: Right, but see, I think what gets lost for a lot of people is not necessarily like how you're saying it but it's what you're saying and i think that gets like it's so polarizing now not what people are actually like the language but how they're saying it i think that's overcoming people and they're losing the translation that message and people aren't doing that well like that's the, the thing that i'm having the hardest time about is like you need to look at the meaning behind this and listen to them as opposed to Taking what they say and then having an immediate rebuttal, like in the chamber, ready to sh- shoot back. Like I, yeah. I think that's—I ha- mean, that's the—that's pr- the purpose of social media now, right? Facebook yeah. and Twitter and Instagram. It is like instant gratification, instant response. Like, look at me
3: and, and um, the mob with pitchforks and cyber torches that are running around looking yeah. for something to be offended by and to attack, to attack and to destroy, yeah. to pillage. Yeah, you must pillage. Uh, <laughs> One final final note, uh, and I—I—I I, I, I mean, we have a lot of cops that listen to this show, and uh, and have listened to me for years, and I—I'm not apologizing, but uh, I do not share the views that Cooper Loop said this week. I've gotten several emails from uh, people that worked in law enforcement their entire lives that were very upset by what Coop had said. Coop pretty much implied that cops are dumb and and corrupt and anybody <laughs> can get a job as a cop. Oh boy. Um, and people were hurt by this and um, that's not my position. I I know people that work in law enforcement. I've uh, my obviously my wife's not a police officer, but she's not sworn, but she works at a police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know from her experience and from what I've read online cuz I looked it up to see what if he was what he was saying was true cuz it's not what my experience has been. And uh, in in every big city I looked up, every major police force, uh, it's bullshit. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I guess the one thing you can be concerned about. There's a lot of people that believe that uh, those talking points that yeah. uh, that these things are true about the police force. Um, and, and that's the, the other thing too is it's not a national. People like well, I got to get rid of all police. Well. So police is local. I mean, other than the FBI, right, which is a national, obviously a national operation, but the police departments are local. Mm -hmm. That's where police work is done. It's not on the national level. It's community police work. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah. If if you made that kind of a statement, you could make that statement that, well, you don't have to be that smart or anybody could join the U.S. military because all you need to be is 18 years of age.
3: Yeah, and there was a point where I believe that was true, but it's not true anymore. Even the you know, the is yeah. like they've trimmed it down. They want they want people that can you know figure out. There's a lot of nuance now it, because of the the advancements in you know, machines to kill people that are better now. And yeah. uh, you know, the, you got to have a brain. You can't be a, a you know, the, the village idiot and figure it out. So. Yeah, I
4: well, I, I you know, it, it's always fascinating to me because people can make statements like that, but. In reality, could they do it?
3: Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. These, This, again, goes back to the stereotypes. Right? I mean, there's stereotypes about people. There's stereotypes about jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear from people, anybody could do a talk show. And it's true. Anybody could talk. It has functioning uh, mouth and brain. You could talk. But could you do a good talk show? Yeah. There's a skill, a certain skill to it, right? There's a certain skill, and it, just to prove that, listen to a bad talk show host. It, I'm not saying I'm good, but listen to somebody who's bad and listen to somebody who's good mm-hmm. and tell me that's not a different in, experience and not something that you, the bad talk show host you wouldn't want to listen to and the good one you'd want to listen to because they are engaging and they're thought-provoking and they get your mind going. It is theater of the mind. And so you know, I, I, I've always thought, and, and I really blame my mom for this, that I've always valued whatever you do to help the, the village out. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, people get, I, I've gotten emails from people. Why do you care about the truck driver driving through, uh, you know, BFE, um, you know, Iowa or North Dakota or whatever? I'm like, I'm, well, because, you know, I, I think that's an important job. He's Whatever that person's bringing is a value. It's either helping a business stay open or helping people get products. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's a just, it's to just dismiss it. Like, yeah. which a lot of people do these lower rung jobs. Like it doesn't matter. I don't know. I've never been like that. Maybe I should be like that. I, I, maybe I should. I've, I've just never. It's not how I was brought up, and I just think it's everyone's important, no matter what you do. Yeah, some are obviously more important, but that doesn't mean that the other people aren't important.
4: Well, the reality is too. Whether you're the president of the United States or whether you're a janitor here at Fox, like you're providing a service. You're doing exactly. a, you're doing a you're providing a service and a selfless act for somebody else. Now, in some instances, it can be self-serving, but you're still serving other people as well. So,
3: yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, and the other the other thing too is I I just uh, this popped into my head, so I better spit it out before it pops out of my head. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna humble brag. I'm gonna pull a Pat O'Brien. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop. Oh no. So, in the context of what I just said, well, I think everyone's important. Uh, years ago when I was doing Dodger Talk, we were in New York, and Vin Scully, this was a long time ago, Vin was traveling with the team still, and uh, I got to have dinner with Vin Scully at Shea Stadium in the press dining room. It was not just me and him. There were a couple other people at the table. And Vin was telling stories about growing up in New York as a kid, and he told a story about when the sanitation people went on strike in New York City. And trash was piling up in Manhattan, right? Just fucking everywhere. It, smell, it, always, it already smells when they pick up the trash in New York. You can imagine what it must have smelled like without the, uh, the trash people. And so people were freaking out. I said it was around Christmas time. And what people were doing... <laughs> they would get big boxes. I get, you know, those old TVs with are massive boxes, uh, you know, the early days of television, those huge, yeah. giant TVs that are the size of the tanks. And so S- Vin told the story, he said he remembers this when he was younger that people would get these big, they'd buy the TVs or whatever, and then they'd fill the TV boxes with trash and then wrap them and leave them <laughs> out on the street. And people would come and steal the boxes, thinking, it's a television and it was filled with like you know trash and shit and that's stuff that's genius it's a- pretty funny but that's just that's a, an example of like you know, trash man who cares if you pick up trash you're nothing you're in sanitation okay wait till they don't pick it up <laughs> yeah. and then see see how valuable the trash man is all of a sudden you yeah know? yeah so. absolutely <laughs> all right I, real. i gotta get this knife fight thing so the yeah. knife fight now i tried with the kid here i tried to recreate a youtube video oh no yeah, uh, Mark Rober, who I I like the stuff that he puts out, the science videos he puts out yeah. on on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen his work or not. Yeah, but he had this really cool trick involving watermelons. So it looked ridiculously simple. I said, "Listen, I'm you know I've, I'm street educated. You know I'm not book smart. I'm street smart, but I can figure this out." So, the way it works is you buy a couple of watermelons, you chop one watermelon. They got to be matching. They got to be like the same shape, watermelon, you know, same size, basically. Like twin watermelons, twinsies. So, you chop the first watermelon and a half, and then you gut it. The other watermelon, you peel off the melon skin, like the green stuff, and get down just the juicy red part, the mm-hmm. good part of the melon. Yeah. And then you, at that point, you polish the melon with like a, a sponge from the kitchen. Of course, a new sponge, cheap sponge. So you kind of polish it to smooth it out. So then the next step is you take the melon, you cut, uh, you, you, that you just cut, right? The one that you cut in half. And you after you've gutted that, the final step is you put the shell of the second melon, the one that was cut in half and gutted, and it, you put it over the melon that you, you peeled apart and skinned and, and, and made it look all smooth. And so then when you show up, it makes it seem like you're He-Man. It gives the illusion of you're like some kind of superhero and you can pull the melon apart and then you have this amazing watermelon that's smooth and wonderful and you're just so strong you pulled the watermelon skin apart. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, Unfortunately, my job in this little equation, Gascon, was to um, to gut... I, I was the guy that cut the watermelon in half and gutted the watermelon. I almost chopped off my left thumb <laughs> hand to God. I am not, I I'm looking at my thumb right now. There is a massive gash in the middle of my left thumb that has still not healed. This was a f- last weekend and it was a gusher. <laughs> it was a gusher. And uh, you know how you, you you cut yourself and right away, it doesn't normally start bleeding right away, but you know it's coming, yes, right? You know, the anticipation of the blood dripping down. And so I had that and then it started just going for it and I should have gotten stitches. My wife was so freaked out. She actually called the hospital and and we talked to a nurse because of the the apocalypse. We talked to the nurse and described what happened and they actually advised us to go get checked out but I didn't do that. I just I, <laughs> I held it. I held down pressure till it stopped bleeding, and then i uh, I've been putting new skin on that and uh, bandages, and so far it's it's not. It doesn't look all green and puffy and infected or red and infected. So i I think I dodged having to go to the walk in clinic or the hospital or any of that stuff. But I it's pretty gnarly. It's another, it's another battle wound. I got big scars all over my hands from doing radio.
4: You got scars all over your body from doing radio. You got a gallbladder that was removed. You got a busted mouth from, from burning a pizza. Uh, That is is correct. So why would you do the YouTube video with that and and not uh, not prep the, like the ten pound steak I got you?
3: Yeah, well, because I told you the steak, which I still have and looks wonderful, I'm waiting for it to warm up. It's not. I want. I want to eat that steak on like a hundred degree day. Have a nice barbecue and just enjoy the hell out of it. Oh, interesting. And it's gonna be cool. This weekend's supposed to be cool in uh, in L. A. Where we we all hang out here. So. It's not supposed to warm up. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Is this, oh, I guess this is June Gloom, they call it, in L.A.
4: I hope so. I, I'd, be, I'd be down for some rain right now, unfortunately. I'm good with rain in California, especially in New York right now. New York, D.C., <laughs> and California, I could really use some rain.
3: Make it rain? Not the Floyd Mayweather make it rain. You want to make it rain. Make it rain. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
4: squash some of the fires around this country.
3: I understand. We right, want to do a, fl- a few Florida man stories. Yes. You like to uh, do that? No. How
4: did how did, was the reception last week from Florida man and woman? We we made sure we weren't sexist at all. We had man and woman involved. So
3: yeah, did you- I didn't get much blowback or positive reaction. Okay, that's there wasn't good. a lot of reactions. So I guess that's I guess they don't they don't really care. Yeah, All right. That's good. All right. Uh, anyway, so these are actual stories from people in the Sunshine State. You know. You know how this works. All right. Well, good news. A Florida man has admitted to swindling the Mill Casino uh, out of $12,500. Now, how the hell did this work? This is great, though. So this guy from Florida, he was able – now, the, by the way, the Mill Casino is in Bend, Oregon. Not He's from Florida, but this happened in Oregon. But he's a Florida man, so it counts. Okay. <laughs> so he, he uh, swindled them out of $12,500 – by claiming to represent the village people, <laughs> <laughs> so he calls up the casino. Um, he or, or actually, no, he, he sent. This is back. This goes back to August of 2015. So this this yep. guy who's in his 60s sends this Indian tribe a flyer offering them the opportunity to book the village people for a show at the Mill Casino in Bend, Oregon. And the the people that run the casino are like, well, that sounds great. We can get the village people to come in here. Everyone knows the village people, that old band. And uh, so, of course, he wrote out a contract and he emailed the casino a contractual agreement. The casino signed and returned it to the guy with a check for $12,500. The guy cashed the check two days later and no village people. Um, In January, the casino discovered that the village people were scheduled to appear in Florida the same day they were booked to play in North Bend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he uh, he got arrested uh, for that. Apparently, this guy's been – he's a shyster. This guy's been doing this kind of stuff uh, for years. He, had, he pulled off a similar scheme. He contracted with two other people. To have the temptations, the Supremes, and Jimmy Walker perform at their venue, man. Well, you know what
4: you know, uh, to be fair, uh, uh, this story is so much better than some of the scumbag parents that are out there because I know that their par- there's been stories with parents that would say that their kids have some terminal disease.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're just on their true.
4: deathbed, and it's like set up a GoFundMe account, and then just pocket all that cash, and you're never heard
3: from again. Yeah. Well, remember the the, the, the there was a, a young couple that made a video of a homeless guy, and started like a GoFundMe for the homeless guy, except he knew nothing about the GoFundMe, oh, and right. he just like taking the money. Oh, remember that?
4: Yes, I do.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but that's good though. With the bands, that's that's pretty fucking good.
3: Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's pretty wild. All right, uh, n- here's a Florida woman story. Okay. You excited about this? All right, so a naked Florida woman standing in the street, surrounded by household items. The police show up. Yeah, cherry tops. The cops show up. Yeah. She then says, "I'm naked. Arrest me," and then proceeds to hit one of the deputies in the waist with a windshield squeegee. Snow. oh my God! <laughs> that the uh, the villages there in yeah. Florida. So.
4: Wait a minute. So you've had back to back weeks where you've done a Florida woman story, and they've both been naked.
3: Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, these women. I'm a woman. Hear me roar! I-, I hope she's a little
4: bit younger than the one from last week.
3: And yet again, Eddie, not uh, gotta tell you, you know, that, uh, we're all beautiful in God's eyes, but uh, some of us are more beautiful than others. <laughs> Not, uh, not uh, particularly great there. Uh, she was charged with battery of a law enforcement officer, battery on a person over the age of 65, simple assault on a person over the age of 65, and indecent exposure. Of Can course, you? if you're good-looking, it's not indecent exposure. Not
4: at all. But could yeah. you imagine apprehending that woman? No.
3: Yeah. yeah how do, you, do they have to call in a female cop? Is that how that works? No, they'd
4: Is, have a male do it. I, really? Yeah. yeah I, know, I
3: don't know if you remember. Have your body cam on, I guess. <laughs> I mean, right?
4: Shit. Yeah, you've you've seen some of the stuff that's happening in Baltimore and some of the other cities like St. Louis and and whatnot with the females getting arrested and you know yeah. the males taken taken charge. So yeah, but could you imagine that though? She's naked or you get threatening of like being coughed on or or pissed on or anything like that.
3: Yeah, that's
0: just yeah. What are you gonna, eh. All right. Uh, I don't know. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's up? I'm John Wall.
2: And I'm CJ Toledana. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year,
3: All right. So, uh, how about this one? A white Florida man. Uh, this guy actually is actually in Florida Keys. Okay. You ever been to the Florida Keys?
4: No. Furthest south of gone is uh, Miami.
3: Yeah, same me. I've been to Miami, but I'd love to go to the Florida Keys. It looks amazing. It looks just like paradise. You know, Jimmy Buffett singing about it back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to get there at some point, the Florida Keys. Anyway,
4: That's a a five-hour flight for you, though. Are you prepared to take a five-hour, six-hour flight? Yeah, I
3: I can do that. I've flown to Hawaii and back in, you know, you get flying from, like, the East Coast to the West Coast, sometimes it takes five, you know, five, like Boston or whatever. If you're going against the jet stream, it's five hours. Or going from Hawaii, or going to Hawaii takes longer than coming back to Hawaii. But anyway, all right, so uh, a white Florida Keys man who police say was driving his Mercedes while three uh, three times over the legal limit and drinking alcohol while driving uh, invoked the name of George Floyd in a desperate effort to avoid being arrested. How about that? So he's uh, boozing it up there. He's drinking the Fireball whiskey and he's doing his thing. And uh, and then they uh, they pull him over. He's 23 years old. And uh, he made a, a reference about not being able to breathe as they tried to handcuff him, and then he brought up uh, George Floyd there. and uh, he so, got, he so arrested.
4: So. so three times the limit is point two four because Florida is the same as California point zero eight. Um, but that's that's actually that's progressive and ingenious because don't forget, like we've had criminal, we've had felons here in the state of California. That have been released because they've had fear of the coronavirus. Like we have felons walking the streets of California now, yeah. because of the coronavirus, they've been released from prison.
3: Well, we have a mayor in Los Angeles that uh, said you can't walk on the beach with the sand because of the coronavirus. Now he's out there, uh, he's out there making out with protesters. So I mean, what are we doing, yeah. right? I mean, what, where are we at right now? Yeah. It's crazy. So this it's guy's pretty totally ingenious- hypocritical.
4: The fact that he was that inebriated at at point two four guys dip- twenty
3: three years old by the way it sounds like a rich stuck up uh, piece of shit. What he sounds like because <laughs> he also said I'm gonna I know my my rights my amendments and I'm gonna hire the greatest lawyer. You know, Good luck with that. Mom and dad will probably do that. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, mom and dad uh, will do that. Uh, and uh, anyway, so another another story along those lines, guest gun, because it is the Florida man. Yes. portion of the podcast. For your dancing and dining pleasure, uh, these these Florida man stories are just uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, so, a Florida man busted uh, busted for punching a police dog while cops were trying to stop him from starting a riot. Twenty <laughs> nine year old guy, uh, black guy, hurled items at the windows of two police stations in St. Petersburg, Florida. That seems like a good idea. Uh, when no one would join him in the riot, I can't, <laughs> imagine you're trying to start a riot and everyone's ignoring you. How upsetting must that be? You're, to, I mean, you're like, come on, people, I'm trying to burn the police station down. What's wrong with you people? Come on, you're you're, you're bad people. Don't you want to burn the police station down like they did in Minnesota? Um, anyway, so when the officers tried to arrest this guy, he ran across the street and fought with him. At one point during the uh, scuffle, he punched a police dog and then he punched its handler, and apparently there was like a bunch of police that needed to bring him down he faced he's now facing 3 felony uh charges so there's another florida man uh, story for you
4: yeah and when in, when in doubt attack a canine like that's what i want to do when i grow up
3: yeah i think you sent me this story the other day about the florida the sheriff in florida who was encouraging residents who have guns to shoot looters who break into their homes
4: yes yes Did you see that yeah that was a great people impression.
3: freaking out by that but isn't that the whole point if you have a gun for self defense? Isn't that if somebody breaks into your home, isn't that kind of how that's supposed to work? Isn't that a risk that you take if you break into someone's home, they yes. could be armed and kill you? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Right? It's it's either your your house or your place of business where you're conducting business at. Like it'd be different if, like, let's say you owned a shop and you weren't in there, but you saw people breaking in or looting, like you couldn't open fire on them. But if you yeah. were inside and then they broke in and they came in like the assumption would be that you're there's an imminent threat and your life
3: is in danger. Isn't that different in every state though? It's it goes state by state, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I know California we yeah, if someone breaks in to where you're at and and you feel like your life is in intimate imminent danger, you can you can respond with fire. But if that individual turns around and is no longer yeah. a threat, you still can't fire.
3: Okay, so here's a all right, here's another n- naked Florida man (laughs) story. A uh, naked North Fort Myers resident was tackled by a naked man. Oh, no, this guy wasn't. The resident wasn't. So the the North Fort Myers resident was tackled by a naked man who had leapt off his roof Monday evening. And it got even more crazy after that. Uh, the deputies were called. This happened about 7 o'clock. The resident said...
4: Wait, 7 a.m. or 7 p.m.?
3: 7 p.m. Okay. Um, (laughs) The the resident says, listen, I'm lying in bed, and uh, my wife heard what sounded like thunder. So the guy went out and saw that uh, this person was running around on his roof. He allegedly jumped off and onto the victim, hitting him in the shoulder and knocking him down, And then what happened next, the guy ran into the house and pulled a large screen TV off its stand and dumped the contents of a vacuum onto the floor. He then headed towards the couple's son's bedroom where several guns were stored. So the man's wife fired three warning shots with uh, the revolt. Well, this gets even better. Wow. Uh, The arrest report says that the guy fell into the floor and then began pleasuring himself. He got up off the floor, uh, ran into the son's bedroom, and began uh, rubbing clothes on his face. The resident then got a shotgun and held the guy until the police arrived. So that's kind of relates to what we were talking about the previous story, right? Kinda yeah, I,
4: I mean, was it only rubbing clothes on his face, or was he actually like jerking off?
3: Well, no, no. They said he was uh, he was masturbating. He was doing some <laughs> some gut masturbation right there. Yeah.
4: Yeah. When I want to rush, I want to go rob a house. Go assault somebody and then go jerk off. How about that? That, that? Is that like the is that like the modern day Gordie Hal hat trick?
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, last Florida man story. We got to put this baby to bed. So, a Florida man suspect hid fifty four antidepressant pills in his rectum. Oh. In his rectum. Oh. Florida man says syringes uh, found in the rectum are. He claimed that uh, he claimed guess uh, that they are not his. <laughs> <laughs> he does not know how they got there he does not know how they got there oh how wonderful is that how fucking great is that
4: that's like something from fucking hollywood <laughs> right like that's something straight
3: out of the movies man oh that is great welcome that to florida too- there you go the sunshine state <laughs> may you never change stay the same forever god love florida all right, uh, that is it. Hey, follow us on social media. We got a podcast every day of the week. We got another one tomorrow, another one on Sunday. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ben Maller, Instagram Ben Maller on Fox, Facebook Ben Maller Show. And hey, if you want a video, I'd love to make one for you. Cameo. It's not free, but we'll have uh, people seem to love it. The people that we've done the videos for. Just look my name up, Ben Maller on Cameo, for a personalized video message. You can keep it public or private. If you got a big fan of the show that you want to surprise or whatever, that's what it's for. Birthdays, bar mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, you name it. Uh, We're there to help. And how can people follow you, Gascon?
4: Uh, Twitter, at David J. Gascon, just the letter J. And then Instagram is Dave Gascon. That is a cameo for me.
3: No cameo. You're not on there. I'll get you on there if you want. All right, have a wonderful day. We'll
0: catch you next time. This is Malcolm Gladwell